The Brandom Podcast. Welcome to The Brandom Podcast with Brandon Jones. You can find out more about me at Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Or follow the band at BrandonJonesBand.com on Facebook and Instagram. What's Brandom anyway? Ladies and gentlemen, now the host of your show, Brandon Jones. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Brandom Podcast. This is episode two of uh sitting here with my good buddy gabriel alexander uh free agent wide receiver in the nfl last episode we ended with him setting a bunch of yards on a game he he put it great it was in college everything's going good and uh he's thinking he's going to get first team reps he's going to be able to get starter and and maybe not be the number one wide receiver but at least get reps in games and and everything but how did things actually work out gabriel Hey, Brandon. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me back on. I don't know. Really thanks. appreciate it. It's always good talking to you. Yeah, thank you. So I, I guess the, the best way to put it, so after Highland Community College, just to pick up for everyone where we left off, um, great numbers, everything's looking good going to that next year. My wide receiver coach, Mark Randall is his name. He and I ended up working out that summer to just make sure that we're we're all good to go for going into my – uh, yeah. Junior and senior year. So he's the and one that kind of so, he's the one that kind of set you up for that for a good game. That yeah, he was. Uh, he kind of instilled confidence. He was yeah. uh, a player's coach. You know, he was a guy who really cared about every individual, who knew everyone's name, really made you feel special, confident that you could make the play, you could make the catch, you could yeah. remember the route, things like that. Big, I mean, seems small, but it, it's big going in as a as a player. And anyways. Uh, to make a long story short, we work out over the summer. He says to me, if you're not starting by the time we get to the second game, there's something wrong. Because he then informs me halfway through the summer during our workouts, I'm going to be leaving for a different college. He's accepted a, a head coaching position somewhere else. Which is good for so, him. Good for him. That's yeah, cool. Him. He gets a you know a promotion in a way. But you're mm-hmm. kind of like, crap. Here's my guy. He's teaching me his things and now he's going to be gone uh that's gonna exactly. be exactly so uh, yeah i mean as you know it's just kind of like an advocate a, a champion for you to say hey like this kid can play or hey this uh this kid deserves an opportunity anyways he gets ready to head out uh into that summer that was the last i saw of him until the um game that we ended up playing uh that year uh that that coming season Uh so this is my junior year going into senior year okay and i'm thinking like we had stated i'm going to get first team reps now going into fall camp i was thrown into first team so those that first two weeks where you have college um you know typically two a days things like that yeah uh august 8th to about a week and a half, two weeks later, you're the only people on campus, just the football team. Wow. Uh, I get in and I get two weeks of first team rest. Well, come along week three in the start of our season, I was shocked to find I am back down with scout team. Not just scout team, but like fourth or fifth string after my um, junior year, my junior campaign of uh, you know doing great, showing improvement. So essentially, what happened is um, I went from being on first team reps. Yeah. August, September comes around, first home game. I'm on alternate of alternates. I am the scout team fifth string back with the uh, kind of the freshmen sophomores. Wow. Um, and I mean that's just you know after a great junior campaign, yeah. boom, it's gone. What a so slap like, in the face! I mean, like what? At that point, you got to mm-hmm. be thinking as a player. Okay, obviously this coach do- doesn't dig me. You know what I mean? Like either a, mm-hmm. either a, I'm not talented enough, but I've put in the work. I've been told I am talented enough, or this coach just doesn't mm-hmm. like my style of play or something. Yeah. So. For me, I you know, it was a little frustrating because I think the way coaches viewed me at that point was, hey, this this he's a project player. He or he's a you know, mm. he's an endless project. There's always gonna be stuff to to work on for him. Uh you know, and I looking back 
and watching game tape and stuff, you you see it a little bit. Like, yes, he's definitely a project, but there were times where it's like he can really help this offense and play. Yeah. He should have at least gotten in reps, and especially after that junior year, it's like this kid has improved and put in the work. So uh, long story short on that, after reading that, you know, we come back Monday, and I can't remember if we had won or lost that first game, that starting game. Mm-hmm. And I'm giving some serious thought to what is my future going to be like here? Um, and moreover, what is my future of football going to be like? Because I have kind of decided probably not going to be playing here anymore. Uh, yeah. I go in. So I'm, I'm, I'm absent. So we have practice on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I'm absent till Wednesday. And the coach calls me and he says, hey, uh, you're kind of in limbo would you swing by my office and we can talk about your situation? So I swing by that afternoon and talk to him and he's like, so what's going on? Where's, where are you right now in this whole decision-making process? I think he also kind of knew yeah, um, kind of what I was going through. And I said, look, I just don't feel like things are going my way as far as an opportunity to play. I feel like I had a great junior year. I had a great, uh, great camp to set yeah. myself up for, for senior year. I was fully expecting to get play time. And he looks at me and he says, you know what? You're just, you're at a sophomore level right now of playing, uh, huh. play style. And, and we need you to get here. And so that kind of took the wind out of my sail and said, I made my decision right there. It's like, I don't think I can play here anymore. I just right. don't feel like, uh, my work and my talents here are being respected as they need to be. I feel like it is time for me to end my uh, playing career here at Peru state. So that's Peru state. I ended up going to right after that. I, I went so, up to Lincoln. So did you walk and, away? Uh, I mean, did you hold on? Did you, did you at the end of that, that day were you like, you know, all right, th- th- this is enough for me. I mean, you had to come to that conclusion that this guy is not doing you any favors. You know, you're obviously mm-hmm. not doing him any favor. He's not allowing you to, to further your career by not allowing you on the field. So you're not, he's not helping you. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you're kind of defeated a little bit. So you just kind of, you walk away from school in general or did you transfer? Like what, like a, what was your, what was your, like, that was a tough moment, but is that at the beginning of mm-hmm. college? You haven't actually started classes yet, right? No, so this is uh, we have started classes. Oh. So this is my this is my senior year. Um, technically, this is actually my junior year on the field, uh-huh. but my senior year in the classroom. Oh, okay. And I, okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't really, I wasn't guided through college, yeah. so I didn't, I didn't know how all this stuff worked. No one took me aside and said, "Hey, look, like you still got two more years of eligibility on the playing field," because uh-huh. I redshirted my freshman year. Yeah. So. I was a redshirt, uh, senior redshirt junior, whatever. Yeah. Um, I was a senior in the classroom, junior on the field, technically. Right. So I actually had two more years to really improve and get better, but no one took me aside and said, hey, look, this yeah. is where you are right now, so be patient, continue to improve, and you could play. So um, not that I probably wanted to hear that at the moment, Right. I was a kid who just wanted to play. felt like he's done all the stuff necessary to be able to play. Yeah. Okay. So okay. I, so walking you through my mindset of that moment was like, okay, I'm done here at Peru. I feel like I'm good enough now. I guess I have to take the leap to the next level. Yeah. I had no idea. So I looked at Canadian football workouts that were up in, uh, the kind of throughout the United States, Canadian football teams will come down and uh, have host workouts oh, throughout the country. Nice. I didn't know that. And you have to, yeah, so you've got to, you've got to, you're invited, but you have to pay to be able to go to these. Okay. A lot of guys who, who go to these, it's kind of a money grab, like a fundraising opportunity for these Canadian football clubs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, guys do get signed from them, but it's, you know, it's uh, mostly a money grab for this. But are, are a lot, like, what's the cost of that? Like to, to go do this, do you remember what it cost? 
So it kind of depends on the team. Uh, they range from anywhere from $50 to $100. Oh, so that's, and, not, that's not horrible. But I suppose you, you, no, you add in your travel because it's probably not in your hometown. Mm-hmm. So you got to go somewhere. That, you know, it could be 1000 bucks. you know, by the time you get done. Yeah, so uh, my first one was up in Detroit. And I remember it was going to be in the winter or no it's gonna be in the summer of that uh of that year okay. so and i was gonna i was gonna walk in the summer too but my first workout for the canadian football team the edmonton eskimos is what they were known as at the okay. time but now they're known as the uh the edmonton elks okay uh anyways uh so i ended up getting ready for that and i went to and i had to look around and figure out okay like what needed to be done and so at a at a canadian football team workout they do the 40 they do the what they call the 5 or the pro agility mm-hmm. and then they do one-on-ones like the uh routes against dbs so uh this was just a really good test to say hey like uh am i good enough to be able to to be able to play at the next level and so i ended up going out to this workout up in detroit and uh, had a had a pretty decent workout. Cool. Uh, you know, I can't remember I can't remember all my all my numbers or anything like that. But uh, from a key the key point for me in between that, like me deciding I have to get prepped for the CFL workout and going to the CFL workout, I ended up going to my first like uh, pro performance uh, speed training, oh. and that was. Um, but yeah, it was so it was up in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska at Madonna sports performance they had speed treadmills that you would hop on on the back uh kind of had this whole area for wow. uh, getting kids ready um for the next level for speed stuff now treadmills are not like speed treadmills are great looking back for getting you conditioned yeah but they're not necessarily great for building speed because what's required for building speed is you putting force into the ground. But that's besides the point. I went right. and I did like eight weeks. I would commute from Peru to Lincoln, Nebraska, and I would work at this HVAC company oh. to raise the money because uh, they had student workers. So I'd go and I'd work and then I'd, I'd drive up to, at 3 p.m., I'd drive up and work at Madonna Sports Performance and train there for two hours and lift and come back uh, to Peru. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where I met my first, like, I don't know for you as you're getting ready to play like in a big way and maybe a bigger venue than you're used to. Did you ever meet like Marcus, Marcus miles is his name. He was kind of the first NFL athlete that I've ever met in my entire life. Okay. And he was out training at Madonna and I saw the level that he was training at. Yeah. And that's like things clicked of like, man, I've got to get on his level. I've got to be able to do what he does. So I started talking to uh, Mark is his name. He was a trainer's name. I started talking to Mark and saying, I want to do exactly what he did at this workout and getting to know him, getting to work with him. I mean, he's like six, five, 240 pound uh, defensive lineman at this wow. point. Yeah. Uh, out of the university of Buffalo. Yeah. And so, he was my first kind of working alongside NFL player and thinking, okay, we're on the right track here because this is, yep. I'm working with all the right people. So anyways, going through that workout. So, but hold on. So from, what's it? Yeah. So, I mean, by, by, by meeting an NFL guy, then you're, you're getting their habits. You're getting to learn, mm-hmm. you know, Hey man, this is the time of the year. You got to do this. This is the time of the year. You've got to do that. And you've got to, Hey, now mm-hmm. it's, you got to start working on this. This is diet. You've got to whatever, whatever. And I mean, obviously he's in a different position than you, but still he knows, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, it's, you, is that mm-hmm. right? I mean, is that kind of what it's like? Yeah. And you also, you kind of, you don't, they say never to compare, but you know, like when you're, I kind of was still a, a child coming out, you know, I didn't, yeah. there was so much I didn't know, but I had like my eyes on this big ultimate goal of the NFL. Right. So seeing someone who was the stature mm-hmm. of an NFL player with like six, five, two thirty, defensive line, like just yeah. massive. Amazing. And then seeing, yeah. And seeing him go through the workouts, you kind of just start, copying him 
Yeah. So like for me personally, I just started like copying his um, everything. I mean, the way he like walked and talked and the way he held himself accountable during workouts and well. um, the, his nutrition, things like that. I would just start just imitating that because that was like, it's the only thing I had to grasp onto as a, as a kid who didn't know what was going to happen next. And so from there, that was probably about three or four months that I worked at uh, Madonna's and kind of really, really implemented what he was doing and the way he carried himself. Mm-hmm. And so that was my first jump. So first workout with the Edmonton Eskimos up in Detroit and really working alongside Marcus. And he and I to this day are still really good friends, but he was, cool. he was my first, this is, what it this is what it looks like yeah this is your like this is the way you need to be this is how you carry yourself and so moving on from lincoln yeah how did and, so how did you try out go for the eskimos so the eskimos i found out they have all their their workouts like listed all their public workouts they're going to have listed on their website oh. and i remember looking at the at the website and finding, okay, this one's going to be in Detroit. This is going to be the closest, most affordable workout right. to go to from Lincoln. So it's like, am I going to drive? I'm going to fly. I ended up flying. You have to get a an American, or you have to get a passport. Okay. Obviously, it's American, but you have to you have to get a passport because you have to be able to go in between the borders of um, oh, wow. America and in, in Canada. Canada. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's your basic requirement. Besides being able to play the game of football. According to them, <laughs> wow! You have to be able to have your passport. So uh, the day came and went, did pretty decently, but never heard a call back. But really, it was just for me. It was a test of like, how do you stack up? I mean, how do your routes yeah. look? What can you do better? Things like that. So did they did they video I, this? I mean, is this something that post you were able to go back and be like, watch yourself, or is it something that you had to self evaluate at the time? as you're running drills with other wide receivers, other other NFL guys, or other CFL guys? So it was kind of something, unfortunately, I didn't videotape it. That would have been great. But so it's kind of stuff that you had to, you have to let yourself um, self-analyze yourself after, mm. after the event happens. Because if you do it while the event's happening, then you're going to play it really slow. Right. Um, unfortunately, they didn't video it. But... Um, you kind of have to, based on if you get jammed at the line, the ball falls in front of you. If if you catch it, depending on what happens, then you can kind of have a takeaway from that. And so uh, I didn't really have any, like, epiphanies or anything like that while I was yeah. there. It wasn't like, this is life, life-changing or, man, I I can definitely play with these guys. How did... I felt like I held my – I felt like I held my own. Yeah. Um, and it was enough for me to say it was enough of a green light, but it was like, there's work to be done here, but there's promise. Yeah. Like, okay, he has, he has a little bit of work to do, but you're now going from having not been given the green light at college to trying to get the green light from pro teams now. So it's, it's like taking it to a different level now. Yeah. And so that's what I focused on from there. And that's where I ended up at Exos which is, um, let's see, this is senior year. So, so that was yeah. senior summer. So what now, What and what year is this about? So let's see, 2015, 16 is when I graduated. Okay. So I walked. So that was about, yeah, 2015, 16 okay. is, um, is when I walked. So that was December. So this was, so May. So May, June. Yeah, so I think it was about, june or july so then so uh, so then you go from that and then how did you get invited to exos so it's a really odd story so at madonna i trained with a kid named tyler peterson and tyler had interned at exos in phoenix okay and i remember talking to him and he brought it up and he was just like, um, you know, this is, I interned at, at Exos in Phoenix and this place is incredible. Anyway, start talking to me about it and I'm sold. I'm like, this place sounds incredible. Right. How do I, 
How do I get there? How do I go? How, <laughs> yeah. how do I get there? And so he he just tells me about it. So I, I must have Googled it because I don't really remember a whole lot. Right. And I think I just called the facility. And I get this call back from Taylor Kinzer. He's their head recruiting marketing individual. Okay. And so he uh, he calls me back, and we, we have a discussion, probably like 15, 20 minutes, asking me about what I'm doing, things like that. And I ask for an opportunity to be able to come and work out there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, we usually just do by invite if you're going to get ready for combines and pro days because it's it's beneficial for marketing to have big names and guys who show right. up at the combine obviously yeah yeah um, and so i'm not I'm, I'm not a big name but i kind of talked to him about like where i am with college and stuff he's kind of shocked and he's like you know what let's, let's just bring you in let's see how you do and we'll go from there so cool. i get to go ahead but i and it's this is may june like may of may or june of like 2015 and so, and real, so, so real quick, like though, yeah. sorry to. So XOs is that is that what it's called? It's literally the letter X and the letter O, and it's a workout thing. It's uh, XOs, E X O S. Oh, so it okay. used to be yeah, and it used to be known as Athletes Performance. Okay. So it went by a different name, and it was founded by um, uh, Mike Vester. Mike Vestergen. I can't pronounce his name very well. Okay. And it's it was just a premier. It's really just grown, but I mean, it's just a premier right. place to get athletes from all across the spectrum. Guy, you've got skateboarders in the Olympics. Oh. You've got rugby players. So it's you've not got, just yeah, it's, NFL. It's, it's not just NFL. No, you're talking. You're getting just athletes across the board mm-hmm. coming down there yeah. and getting better and mm-hmm. and fine tuning their craft in whatever mm-hmm. that is. If they want to get faster, they want to get stronger, they want to get whatever. Mm-hmm. That's cool. And it's um and it's also for your just your everyday person. So they've kind of opened physical therapy and training for your everyday individual that just wants to take training to to the next level. And yeah. so anyways, uh at this point I'm in Peru. I'm in a relationship now going on probably like two and a half, three years yep. with yep. uh Nicole. And you know, this is kind of going off the track, but it's, it plays a little bit on it is, um, you, she played a really, really big role in me believing in myself and and standing behind me enough to say, I would gladly pay for this. If this is something you really want to do. That's really cool. Um, Yeah. And you know, I don't, I have to at least give her credit for that. Uh, you know, cause I remember her saying, I really think you're going to be playing football when, these guys here at this school are old and gray and they're going to be watching you, watching you play. So she really instilled, it didn't end up working out obviously, but she really instilled a sense of belief and confidence. And she played a huge part yeah. in me just getting here and going that's, to Exos. And that's so anyways, cool. Moving I, up. I have a moment yeah. just like that. Do like my, I have an ex-wife, right? And so I would mm-hmm. never be in a band if it wasn't for her. Because, I mean, like, mm-hmm. I love singing. I'd sing in the garage. I'd do all this stuff. But she actually signed would she would go and sign me up at karaoke. And it used to drive me nuts mm-hmm. because I hated it. I was so scared and nervous. I didn't want to do it, right? And then she'd mm-hmm. sign me up for crappy songs anyway. But then, but then she signed me up for a singing competition called the Texaco Country Showdown. And, and, and I, she didn't even ask me. You know, I mean, she uh-huh. might have lightly asked me, and I was like, whatever, you know, and I probably pushed it off like I didn't want to do it. But without her signing mm-hmm. me up for that Texaco Country Showdown and me making it to the finals, me finding other musicians, and, and me just kind of coming out of my shell, there's no way I'd be who I am today. It, mm-hmm. it was a life-changing because of an ex. <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's kind of funny. I mean, you just, yeah, you have to give credit <laughs> where credit is due, and it's just yeah. like those those people come along for like a really big reason and in your life. And at the time, again, kind of like when we spoke earlier was like, you don't really notice the significance of that at the time. It just kind of blends in and Mm -hmm. maybe it goes sour with like, depending on how you end up with your ex or what happens there, but just how big of a significance, how it's so tiny, but it's like, boom, it pushes you and you end up in this really big spot. 
uh, further down the line because of that. And so, you know, I I had been working at HVAC as a student employee um, for our school doing remodeling during this time. That's how I paid for Madonna training at the time, but it's mm-hmm. also how I uh, ended up getting to Exos. And so it's um, Nicole and I are watching a movie, and I remember during our first discussion, you and I, where I talked about kind of that polling feeling where you have yep. to go, you have to. So I had that, I had that exact same kind of feeling. I don't have a plan of when I'm going to Exos. I'm like, all right, I really want to go. This is the cost of it per month. Yeah. $2,000. So, Oof. but I have it at the time. And so I don't have a plan. I don't, I don't even know when I'm going. I don't have housing figured out. I don't have anything. Yeah. So we're sitting on the couch, we're watching a movie, and I get this nagging feeling that I need to leave. I have to go. And so I tell I tell Nicole that night, I'm like, I have to I have to go. I have to get out of here. I have to go to Exos. Yeah. And so I just pack my vehicle up and I leave. And at the time I had a ninety eight Dodge Durango that I called Leonidas. I had two <laughs> dogs, I still do, Rusty in Indiana. And I pack all my stuff up. And I just head out on the road towards Colorado, back home. Mm-hmm. And that's the, nope, well, I'll see her one more time before everything kind of ends for her wow. and I. That's wild. Um, but I've, I think I think anybody who's ever yeah. been in situations like us, we've had those moments, those pulling moments mm-hmm. where you're just like, you're sitting there doing nothing. And then you're just like, it takes everything in you to not just get up and, and go. Because I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not where I need to be, and I don't know what it is. You know, if if a if a person's religious or or not, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you, you believe in something. It's that spirit or something saying, "Dude, you've got to get up and go do this, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. You're not at where you need to be. Yeah. Get up and go." Exactly, and so that's I've had that experience or that that feeling probably three or four times along, like as far as like this journey goes. Yeah, and so I trust it every single time, and it's it's hard to trust because sometimes you you realize you're probably going to end a relationship over this, yeah, or you you might be in a really good financial position right then, and if you do this, if you listen to whatever is telling you that you need to go, you're compromising that financial security and you're compromising a safe position in your life to go do this. But if you really truly believe that this is what you want and this is where you're going to be, you have to take a swing to go get this or nothing's ever going to happen. You essentially have to bet, be willing to lose your current life for what you're trying to get. And so, uh, you know, that's what I did. So, but I get back home to Colorado and I still don't have a plan on when I'm, of when I'm leaving. And so just to cut a, uh, a story short, I end up, leaving October, November, that's my, or September, October. That's when I end up going to Exos. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's when things go like, just get, get real because that's when it's going from, um, you know, essentially like a, a very small pond and a first test of the CFL workout to, uh, the job at best with the Detroit lions, the, um, the Sydney Crosby's of the, of the penguins. Like wow. guys like that are are walking around at Exos, and that's when it gets real. That's when it's like, can he, can you make this transition? Do you really have it in you athletically to play at this level? Yeah. Mentally, can you hang in there? And I know um, for you, that's you had told me last time. Uh, we had yeah. talked about you know jumping in a new venue and essentially like stretching your limits and seeing uh, essentially just trusting your abilities to to play and also at the same time you know judging yourself to see do I really have what it takes to to do this because you're you're going onto a path that takes a lot of sacrifice it does and that there's no there's absolutely no guarantee of any type of return that comes from this nope. It's, and and that's the wild part. Like you can throw you can you can throw all your energy and money and dedication into this, and there's still a good a chance that this doesn't doesn't work out. So you're constantly testing yourself to see, am I wasting my time, 
or can I really do this? And is there really some promise here? So that's, you know, that was Exos. That's uh, Exos in Phoenix. When I get down there, it's raining. I make my trip down there. Um, it's the first, it's really the first big trip to go somewhere where I, um, you know, it's completely alien to me. Arizona's alien to me mm-hmm. at this point. And so I make my trip down there without resting in Indiana. And I, uh, you know, check to see if I essentially what yeah. we're going to be able to do. Like, what is this place? So, right. Um, well, so like but, how many times have you gone to Exos? So this is, so that's my first time I have been there probably. So two more times besides that. Okay. Uh, my but, most recent time was probably, uh, six months ago. Wow. Something like that. Well, and so, like, um, who all did you work out with down there? I mean, you were telling me. I know one time we were talking, and and it's like the the people you worked out with and you got to know down there is, is life changing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see who was down. You'd have to. I mean, for the for the people who would end up listening or anything like that, you'd kind of really have to know football as far as like. So they put you in a group, uh, ten a.m. group was my group, and so it was football, NFL skills, mm-hmm. kind of guys who are free agents and are maintaining their bodies to for the next NFL call. So yeah. one of those guys was Jonathan Dwyer. He played at Georgia Tech, uh, and he ended up playing for the Steelers. He was there. Uh, Wesley Saunders, who played at I think, um, the Colts, and I'm trying to remember, uh, the Steelers, and one or two other NFL teams. And then you've got um, Alfonso Smith, who played for the Cardinals and 49ers and a few other teams. So you've, you've got this uh, hodgepodge of like top talent that are down yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, that they're all just essentially just waiting for uh, just prepping their body for an NFL opportunity. So and then cool. you've got Sidney Crosby oh, for the yeah. Penguins. So he come in, So you've just got this like really top talent that's, that's all over the place. And they're all just, doing their thing, right. <laughs> you know, just, just prepping them, continuing to stay ready and stuff. And it's, um, when you first get there, they take you through a, uh, dietitian, mm-hmm. uh, kind of check to see where you are, like scale or weight wise, right. body fat percentage. Like, do you need to be thicker? Do you need more muscle? Maybe thinner mm-hmm. to be faster? What do you got to do? Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So they, they, yeah. So they, um, they do an ultrasound to see like where you are as far as like body fat percentage. And, uh, they have a five-star kitchen that gets you ready. Uh, they make food from scratch every single day for these wow. athletes. And, and so you, yeah, so you walk in, uh, and the first thing that they do, if it's day one for you is, uh, assign you to a, to a dietitian, the dietitian talks to you about your goals, where you need to be your calorie intake and they take mm-hmm. you through like motor skills movement. Yeah. And then, um, you show up the next day and you go, they assign you to a, a time to a workout time and you go through the workout. Um, and I can't really remember my first workout or anything like that, but, um, I do remember first getting there and just being like, shocked at yeah. what this place really was like. And, um, I know, when in our last discussion, we kind of talked about me getting there and have, you know, the bed bugs of my Airbnb and sleeping oh. in the back of the vehicle. And yeah. You, how long did uh, you sleep in your vehicle? So that was two weeks. So I had, a, I just made a bed in the back of my Durango and, uh, I would take a shower at the facility every single morning I mean, and okay. yeah, uh, but no one knew. So, you know, it was two weeks and I just would, yeah. Yeah. You know, prepare in the morning and so with get, that, get my workout done. With that, with that, uh, Airbnb and it had bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you get your money back ever? I mean, did they ever refund you? I, yeah. So, really funny story that goes in with this Airbnb. So, you know, the bed bugs thing. I get there Sunday night and the first place I go is Exos. It's pouring rain and, uh, I walk through, so then I, from Exos, I go, I go to the Airbnb and I walk through the door after figuring out what unit, what apartment is mine. Yeah. And 
it's just a you know, normal looking apartment, hardwood floors. Yeah. Looks just decent and stuff. There's already two people staying are staying there. And as the Airbnb thing says, so I'm like, okay, there's gonna be people here. Yeah. So I, I open up the door and this Airbnb posting said that there were no dogs allowed. But oh. I get in there and there was a this I hear this clicking of nails and this big dog comes walking around the corner. Uh. At first it starts like wagging its tail. Yeah. I'm like, oh nice. Like I love dogs. So I'm like, yeah. oh, pleasant surprise. Yeah, this sweet. is really cool. Yeah, but then it backs up automatically and starts growling. Oh. I'm like, oh my here we go. <laughs> like, welcome to Arizona. Yeah. And so Right before anything gets out of hand, this guy comes around the corner and like grabs its collars. Like, I am so sorry. Uh, he is not used to like people just coming in. I'm like, this is an Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> it's oh, not even supposed to be any dogs here. Yeah, I'm like okay, that's so, messed up. I start, I start bringing my stuff in. Yeah, and both bedrooms are taken up, but there's a couch in the living room, oh, and nice. it's like nine of nine o'clock at night. So I'm like. I don't care where I sleep. I would just like to go to sleep. Yep. And the guy was like, oh, um, be careful on where you set your stuff down. There's bed bugs in here. After <laughs> how, uh, I brought my clothes in and stuff, I'm like, what? Well, like I got to go. Bed bugs in here? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so that, at that point, like making a decision, like, where, like what do I do? You know, because I have enough money. I have about... After I spent the money on the Airbnb, I have about thirty five hundred because so I went down there with four thousand. Yeah, you know, so I spend about five hundred dollars on this Airbnb, and I'm budgeting for two grand to go to Exos, and so yeah. I have about fifteen hundred left. Yeah. Anyways, so I'm like, okay, well, I got to be at Exos at eight in the morning that next morning. So I decided to just sleep in my car. I already have a bed made, so I, I go to sleep in my vehicle, and I'm like, you know what? We'll figure it out tomorrow. Let's just. Go to sleep here. So I found a, yeah, I found a hospital parking lot after I took a shower there. And at the uh, Airbnb, it's like, I'm at least going to grab a shower. Grabbed the shower, went back to my vehicle, and uh, fell asleep at the uh, parking lot of the the hospital in the back of my Durango. And, uh, you know, next morning I wake up, I go through the workout, and I don't remember a whole lot about that first day just kind of a lot um, it was a lot to take in mm -hmm. yeah it was a lot to take in so um so let's fast fast forward a little bit so Mm -hmm. you've got you've got exos you've gone to it a few times you've made some Mm -hmm. connections what's the next big moment Mm -hmm. in your life like after exos you know you're you're done with the college thing well like now what you know like after that what happened so my, my next big moment would probably be I ended up going back to Omaha and I did those workouts with those arena teams. But I also, during my time at Exos, got in contact with uh, the agent that would eventually pass me over the um, the team numbers. And that mm. was my first. So then I would I got in contact with NFL teams. I emailed nice. them, things like that. Yeah. Uh, I ended up getting called from the Cleveland Browns and uh, talking to all 32 teams. And, you know, it doesn't go anywhere but it was my first like okay i have an agent now okay i'm I'm talking to nfl teams now right so then um i ended up eventually leaving uh coming back to colorado and um starting my training sessions at landau performance and Mm -hmm. that's when i'm doing doordash and doing things like small things to get myself uh through and that's when the kansas state chiefs called Oh yeah. So that, yeah. So that that's when my phone call rang, and and it was like, hey, we're the Kansas State Chiefs, and it was the scout that was on the other end, and was talking to me about uh, a workout possibility, um, uh, and then of course mini camp if then futures contract depending because of the time of year that we were at. Yeah. And so I'm thinking, great, like because my wife was just kind of going into a kind of spiraling, so I didn't know. Yeah, you're you know, just kind of spinning. Happening. You're waiting for something to take you a direction. You're just like, what? Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Take me. Where am I going? Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, exactly. So from Exos, I had I had done my, my arena team stuff. Nothing happened. I did. I called uh, NFL teams. Nothing happened. I did uh. semi-pro. 
nothing. Like there's uh, just all these hits of zeros. And well, so I, I went back I to Colorado. You, I remember you saying one thing mm-hmm. about semi-pro. You were like, you were playing on a team and it, it was like nobody really actually wanted to take it seriously. Right? Is that what? Mm-hmm. And like the sometimes a quarterback yeah. would show up. Sometimes it'd be a different quarterback. It was like it was really hard yeah. to be at the level you want to play on something like that. Mm-hmm. That's wild. very frustrating. Oh, that Super would be tough. frustrating because it's just like, come on, trying to make some progress here. But it was like life saying is like, look, like you're never going to be taken seriously Gosh. here. You just need to leave and go somewhere else. So I did. I ended up coming back to Denver. And uh, Landau Performance, side note of this whole thing, mm-hmm. um, I ended up um, at Landau Performance. I remember walking in this first time, and I, it's like Joel, uh, Joel Driesen and Bo Scaife, so both guys who played at a high level for a while. Joel Driesen played with the Jets, and he played with the Broncos and the Texans as a tight end. He's wow, fantastic athlete. And then Bo Scaife, uh, so just – Essentially, you've got all these NFL athletes in there as well. So I found another hub of these NFL athletes and start working alongside them every single day. Yeah. And then, uh, side note to all that, I I was walking through and Peyton Manning, the very first time I ever saw Peyton Manning. Oh, dude. And he, he came walking in. And I'm carrying my bag to go do uh, these hill workouts, like right outside the, the facility, because it's yeah. like a mile away from Bronco facility. And... I walk by, I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? You know, just thinking it's a normal person. And then I look, and it's Peyton Manning. And yeah. he goes and, you know, he says he says what's up, and he goes and he warms up on a bike and stuff. And um, from that moment on, I warm up on a bike every single day to be, a, like, next to Peyton because yeah. he's warming up on a bike every single freaking day. Freaking Peyton Manning, and, man. uh, Peyton freaking yeah, Manning. Peyton Manning. Yeah. yeah, so he's, like, royalty along around this facility. Oh, yeah. At this facility – I would end up getting advice from Peyton Manning, and then I would also uh, end up coming into contact with uh, all the McCaffreys and working with them pretty closely. So wow. Christian, Dylan, Luke, Max, and Ed, because they were all very um, – they are like royalty around that area. That's cool. And, yeah, so moving on past that, that's just a nice little cool sidetrack thing. Heck, yeah. Um get the invite from Kansas city. I ended up tearing my ACL just shortly before oh. I was supposed to do my workout with them. Oh uh, I had gosh. another, yeah. So just kind of, I had a, I think we were talking about it last time and I, I had a, uh, a deep in route at a Canadian workout. Yeah. I had a deep in route. We were doing one-on-ones and the, the safety decided to come back through my knee. Boom. There goes my ACL. And, um, so well, it's like, six months of rehab when well, you're dead in the water on that you know you're dead in the water there's nothing yep. you could do uh, it's hard to call mm-hmm. somebody and email them or anything and say you know because what if they're like yeah come on out right now you're like well i'm actually recovering <laughs> yeah. you know well so you're like holy and crap and teams don't teams don't like it when you tear something like it just, you're not, you know, it's, it's known in sports that you're, you're going to get injured at some point, possibly like the probability is pretty high, no matter what sport you play teams don't, it's kind of on a hush hush. Like if you fail your physical then you're not getting in. And so I kept it on a really down low that it tore my ACL. Oh. And so I just never told anyone. Like I just, I kept oh, it on yeah. social media. I did not say anything yep. at this point. Now it's like, I'm way more than healed. I'm good to go. So it doesn't matter if you know anymore. I don't right. care. But at the time, I kept it very uh, hush hush. Anyway, right, so right. that was from my Canadian football workout. And that didn't really go anywhere because I tore my ACL halfway through the workout. Oh. I lost my Kansas State Chiefs um, opportunity. Yep. Uh, however, just prior to that, um, or no, after that, I had a, I had my pro day um, workout in front of the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that was a great time. So that was, you know, I'm recovered. I go through my 40, go through my other stuff, uh, with the Broncos and, um, you know, things just kind of start moving along and uh, I'm trying to think of my next, um, you know, as far as like big moment, cause things just kind of start picking up Yeah. after that. And, uh, yeah. And, um, but not to the point of like getting onto a team and we had the, Alliance football team. I don't know. Had you heard anything about that? The Alliance 
Oh yeah. American Alliance Football League, the AAF. Yep. 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 So if we if we fast forward through from the Broncos workout to another year, um, what, we hold had. On. Let me take you back though. Hold on one, just real quick. Like for those, mm-hmm. for anybody out there who's who's never been to an NFL workout, you're calling it a Broncos workout, or you know what I mean? What, mm-hmm. What's it like? Is are they are they bringing in like five dudes, twenty dudes, thirty dudes, a hundred guys? And they're kind of working you out. You're numbered, and they're just kind of seeing what they mm-hmm. can find. Is that is that what? It's, how many people are there? What's it like? Yeah, so it's kind of like a kind of like someone who's going out to like uh, sit or panning gold. You ever pan gold before? You ever? Well, no, I've never. Like gold. Oh yes, so I pan gold. Want, yes, but yeah. Yeah, so you go and you you dig up a bunch of dirt and you yeah sift through it to yep. see like what you can find and. Yeah, maybe like there's a, a piece so, of gold in there, yep. Yeah, maybe you find a few flakes, things like that. Anyways, so that's kind of what the pro day is. Everyone knows what the what the Indianapolis Combine is. Mm. Like that's If you've watched NFL Network, you see them going through their drills. It's really quiet. You just have Rich Eisen and um, Mike Mayock talking as they're watching the drills happen. And there's yeah. no one else in there except for... GMs, scouts, and other players. Like, there's no right. parent. It's very quiet. It's very focused. And so, anyway, so that's, you know, the, the pro day is just a smaller version of, of what the combine is. It's just in a more intimate setting. So mm. it lets scouts, like, see you. So if they want a second look, or maybe there's someone else at your um, college that shows up that wows them because um, your your combine is invite only. So it's mm-hmm. only what, what they consider the top 300 players from around the Division One, Division Two, and possibly Division Three levels. Okay. Um, and so, so I had to talk to the head coach of Colorado State Pueblo to get uh, to be allowed to participate there. Oh, wow. To get permission to participate in front of the scouts there. He gave me permission, so I ended up being able to compete there. Um, and I had my workout in front of the Denver Broncos, uh, they, no one knew about the ACL. I went in and, um, performed and, uh, you know, I, there was nothing on camera still. No one does any videoing or anything. They yeah. just have guys standing there with, with clipboards of like, Hey, making notes, checking off. Yep. Yeah. Making notes and stuff. And, um, it was a big moment, but it wasn't, nothing came from it. You know, nothing. Shoot. Broncos and Broncos never gave me a call back or anything. So, well, um, go yeah. ahead. So, so after that, after the Bronco workout, mm-hmm. you've, you've got the, you said the AFL stuff. Yeah. So you had the, uh, Alliance American Alliance football league, I think is what they were called. Uh-huh. And you know, as, as we both know, they ended up going defunct, yep. but, um, Michael Vick was helping run that one. And nice. so I ended up going down there and working with, uh, working with Vic took me through routes, took me through um, essentially what it was going to be like to play receiver in the American Football League. And so he ended up throwing me a few passes throughout the route tree. Oh, um, cool. And so it was fun to work with him. Uh, you know, uh, that league came and went. You know, there were just so many people working to try and be a part and just throw pads on again. It was like, so many people to sift through. Yeah. And so it came and went, fell apart as we all saw, kind of went bankrupt and just yeah. boom. It was so short lived. And so uh, just kind of kept training. You know, at this point, it was like, didn't know where my opportunity was going to come from, but it was like just network with people from Exos and just network with people that I tried and called and talked to. And at this point, I had met uh, two key players in my life, which is Steve Fairchild who had coached in the NFL um, with like the greatest show on turf and mm-hmm. uh, Kurt, Kurt Warner and with the bills and the charges and then at Colorado state. Yeah. And so he kind of, he just kept helping me develop as a receiver. And I would go through these combine and pro day preps with Landau performance and with Exos. And so I would go and you had guys like Michael Gallup and Philip Lindsay and Mike Boone and, um, Jawan Winfrey and I would just make friends wow. with all these guys that were going there. And so wild. seeds were being seeds were being planted, but nothing 
you know, there was there was very little to show for all this stuff that I was putting into this to this work. And so, um, trying to think what year we are now, 2018, 2019 okay. coming through. Yeah. And, you know, I get to know Brian Periani during this time as well. And he takes me aside and, and we do, uh, we do work workouts and then we go over to, uh, the library and watch film and break down defensive players. So it's really cool because he'll have actual NFL game footage. Cause he was a, tight ends coach nice. for multiple NFL teams. And it was fun because you got to see like Andre Johnson running his routes and like what, what actual did? NFL game tape. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you know, with game tape, it, you'd have the practice number, the play number, and you'd have like down and distance and you'd have the film that was going and mm-hmm. it just felt great. I mean, that was like, I'm definitely on the right track because I'm watching NFL oh. game film with an NFL coach and, you know, yeah. things you, should be working. If you hear a lot of a lot of NFL guys talk, you'll hear a lot of them say, you know, yeah, they're they're athletes and they got to be physical, but there, there's also that game film side of it, making notes, knowing, mm-hmm. you know, analyzing your opponent, knowing analyzing mm-hmm. yourself, changing your habits, mm-hmm. changing, you know, all that stuff up. That's just crazy. That's a whole nother level of of a sport, a football game, and, you know, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was really neat. And so also during this time, you had Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey coming through to get oh, themselves ready. Those yeah. the same years like um, Philip Lindsay. So mm-hmm. they all came out at the same exact time. So that's like Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and stuff. Yep. Those guys, they all came out same draft year uh, and Mike Boone. And so it was a studded class at Landau Performance with um, Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey and uh, Michael Gallup and Juwan Winfrey, like all these really big names that are playing right now in the NFL. And I got to know them and, and became good friends with them. And um, they would bring me out for workouts. And so those names will play a little bit more like into my life later on, mm-hmm. uh, like especially in the past year and a half. Yeah. But at that point, there's something called the spring league came out. This is 2019. So the spring league is now morphing into your, uh, USFL that's coming up. Okay, cool. And so Steve Fairchild and Brian Periani both coached in the, uh, in the spring league and Brian Periani was like, I can, and Steve were both like, I can get you in the spring league because this is where you can get film and this is where you can play. And it's, um, kind of on the, on the cusp of the XFL getting ready to show up its first go around. Mm-hmm. And before they kind of lose it to COVID, um, I apply and um, I get in because of Steve Fairchild. He he gets me in to um, play with the Spring League. And so um, the XFL and everyone's there and um, it was great film. So I did two years of the Spring League and um, just got game footage essentially to show to, to teams mm-hmm. and players and things like that. But look, I'm still playing, still in shape and still play, throwing the pads, the helmet, things like that. And so um, nothing really big happened happened with that, but it was more of just like, this is a great path to continue to get game footage. Because at that point, in between pros and, and college, it's semi-pro, it's arena football, it's Canadian football. You know, yeah. so there's not many options that you have. But, but you're willing to go play just about anything. Like, let's go play, let's get some film, let's – Let's let's mm-hmm. go play some football. Um, so the side note to that whole thing on let's go play some football, let's just play anywhere. I was trying to figure out what to do. Like, how do I get yeah. footage? What do I do to get this thing done? Because that's what teams want. They just want footage. They want to be able to see yeah. what can you do. And so I was renting uh, video or uh, video equipment, you know, drones, things like that that would come down and um, video one-on-ones with DBs that were, that were friends of mine. We would just throw pads on and do one-on-ones. And um, the craziest thing that I did was uh, drive all the way to Nebraska. One of my friends was playing semi-pro and he was like, they do practices all the time. Um, you could come out and get some video footage from that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, that's, let's go do it. So yep. I drove eight hours just to get go. video footage. <laughs> well, hey, to get 
you know, it's what it's it like, takes. I have to get you video know? footage. Mm-hmm. I have to get video footage. So I drove all the way to Nebraska to get this video footage done. And um, on my way to Nebraska, I got the email that said, "Hey, you're accepted to the spring league." Wow. And, um, you know, that was that was probably my like look like I'm finally we're making progress. We're doing this thing. You know, so um, that was, and then we played in the spring league uh, two times out in California and then um, out in uh, Atlanta. And those are kind of the guys that they're grabbing for the USFL. And yeah. currently I have, I have declared, I've been declared for the USFL draft that's taking place on February 21st. Nice. Um, so there's, you know, there's hope <laughs> yeah. as far as like for people listening, you know, that's, that's currently where I am right now. But, yeah. um, so, and then, you know, from the spring league, there's, uh, things go by Brian Periani and I still continue to be friends. And he, he texts me in 2020 and, uh, no, actually 20. Yeah. 20. And he texts me, he's like, Hey, uh, how is everything going? Um, are you still working out? What shape are you in? Cause he's with the Vikings at this point. I come uh-huh. to find out as a tight end coach. Cool. And so we kind of talk about a workout opportunity. Yeah. Uh, he would just come in and, and put me through drills and he'd go back to Minnesota and, and tell him what he saw from me and stuff. And so he, um, we start negotiating and, and figuring out like when he would be back in town and stuff. And so, uh, this is 2020 kind of the, just before the summertime, pandemic kind of hits, yeah. just like that, that March, April period. Yep. Yeah. And um, I don't know this, but this is about to be the biggest, like, summer, as far as everything goes, of, of like, my football life. Wow. Like, things are finally about to hit. And so I show up um, – to this workout and it, it all kind of gets kicked off and I show up to this workout and you remember Juwan Winfrey, uh-huh. he invited me down to work with him at a local park and he doesn't end up showing up, but the people that do show up are TJ Ward, uh, Derek Wolf, um, Tim Patrick, who plays with the Broncos right now. He's number 81. You just, he'd never dropped the ball out there. Yeah. Uh, so all these, all these NFL guys show up to this field, Emmanuel Sanders. Oh, wow. Um, Juwan, Thompson, you know, so all these really big guys, Jerry, Judy, Josh Ooh. Allen. So I end up, work, I end up working with all these guys that summer. Dang. Um, yeah. And even the talk of like working with Drew Brees and all this other stuff. So all that stuff kind of hits yep. all at once, uh, 2020, the summer of 2020 and going into, um, 2021 and stuff like that. Things are starting to finally like pick up and, uh, the Giants call with Steve Devine and he starts talking to me about, all right, it sounds like you deserve an opportunity. Let me talk to Dave Gettleman, who at the time, uh, up until recently was the GM for the yeah. Giants. <laughs> yeah. And so things, yeah. So things are like, wow, things are really starting to go well. We go back down to Exos for a week and I work with, uh, Odell's down there and nice. start working with Odell and, DK Metcalf and all these other guys, the Sterling Shepard and Christian Kirk. Wow. Yeah. Daniel Jones. So, um, then I, I come back and after this week long thing stint at Exos, uh, this is the, uh, 2021. And this is probably like February, January, February that I go down there. So I work with all these guys and stuff and get to know them. And then I come back and, my friend gives me some money. He's like, you need to go back down to Exos. But the, I guess the, the rope that, or the string that's attached is you let me come with you so I can meet some of these guys. So I can mm-hmm. also, um, you know, cause yeah. who wouldn't want to meet Odell and DK oh, Metcalf and things like that. He's like, oh, yeah. I would love to meet them. It's like, yeah, sounds good to me. So, you know, he makes the investment and he, um, comes on with me. I stay for a month. Then if, month and a week or something down in Exos. Nice. Um, and this is, tw- this is 2021 of March. And this is me getting ready for an opportunity to work out with uh, Brian Periani because we've decided that we're going to do our workout in July. Mm-hmm. And so like getting prepped for it and stuff like that. And 
um, stay down there and I work with all these guys this entire time. And it was, it was incredible. I mean, you're, you're Daniel Jones and you're Evan Ingrams and you're Odell Man. Beckham, DK Metcalf, you know, it's, it's yeah, these are the dudes. Be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See? You ever, have you ever gone to a place and that's just kind of is well, like you go down there, it's just like perfect timing. Like, yeah, I've had that in my band life where it was like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, growing up, you're playing local local bars and stuff like that, and you want to grow into the more regional acts. And then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. one day, I'd found myself. I think it might have been the Sturgis Rally, and it was right the first mm-hmm. year my band got signed on with Home Slice, and so there I find myself sitting during the Sturgis Rally, drinking and hanging out with like the the bands that I was aspiring to be. You know, I was trying to grow mm-hmm. to be like them. It was, you know, Judd Hoos. It was Chancey Williams. It was Dirty Word. It was all these bands mm-hmm. from up in my area, North Dakota, South Dakota, all around this area, Wyoming, and in Nebraska a little bit, that are really big that I'm like, man, here I am. I'm chumming it up with these dudes. You know, to me, yeah, they're not Garth Brooks. You know what I mean? They're not, mm-hmm. you know, they're not Peyton Manning to you or nothing like that. But it's like they're mm-hmm. they're the next level. They are there. They're there. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm wanting to be, they, you know? So it was cool. Yeah. They're that kind of next step. But that was kind of like the right moment for you to, like, come into contact with them. Yeah. You know? and, like, and that coincides with, like, how we were talking earlier about that power moment of, you know, there was a moment in that, say, one of those days. I, I mean, we've done it a lot. But one of those days it started, I should probably go home. But something told me, no, mm-hmm. no, no, you need to just stay here. You know, you know, there was like that mm-hmm. that poll, like you need to go, let's just go hang out with, with these guys and, and let's just be a part of this group. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, so we're at Exos and we're working with all these guys and the top of the top, you know, like this is, this is the best of the best, um, that you could possibly work with. This is out of all the other people I've ever worked with and stuff. And, uh, it starts to get the, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, and Jerry Judy workout like caught Brian Periani's attention. He was like, "Ladies look fantastic. I would love to bring you in. We've got a lot of underneath guys, but I really like you." And so it kind of it caught his attention. But then even more so, of like, "Oh, you're working with all these guys. That's fantastic." And so um, he was more into kind of talking with me and, and same with Steve Devine of like, it looks like you've really put in the work. You deserve an opportunity, even if you don't have a whole lot of yeah. film besides the spring league. Yep. And so, um, you know, it, it opened doors for discussions and that's probably the, the biggest thing. That's cool. As far as benefits go. So, um, and so, then of course, yeah. Yeah. So how did you get to be such good uh, friends with like Paxton Lynch and stuff like that, that same kind of group? So land out performance was, I remember, I think we talked about um, the first time I saw him was at the Bronco game when they were playing, I think it was the Bears in preseason. This was uh-huh. preseason number two or something, I think, yeah. in 2018. Yeah. And he is such a key figure in just kind of like my my life, just in general. He's a yeah. fantastic friend. Uh, I ended up helping him move when he came back in 2019 or 2020, I can't remember exactly which one, but um, he had so much to move. It was like a 30 foot truck with a like a pull along behind that one. <laughs> I have never moved so many people, like so much stuff for one yeah. person in my life. That's crazy. Um, when he was coming back from from Pittsburgh, but um, so for Paxton, it was uh, I got to know him through Landau performance uh-huh. and. A receiver and a quarterback. They got to be friends. He just kind of, yeah, got to be friends. And and I automatically saw, like, yes, he could he could do something for me. Like, if he gets signed and I'm friends with him, maybe he'll talk about me and bring me in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But beyond that, it was like, as a, like we just clicked as friends, You're just friends, yeah, as, as, as people. And Dude, so, um, that's so cool. Yeah. So there's, was, there's yeah, gotta be, was, there's so much more to finalize this story, but we should, we should do mm-hmm. this. So we're at, we're at about an hour ish now. We should do another mm-hmm. episode 
and and again like are you willing can i come back can we come back and do this again really soon because yeah, there's got to be more. I got to get into. Idea. I got to get into more of you personally now. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're engaged. You've got your own little side business. You know, your little sweets. We've mm-hmm. got. You've got what you got going now. We've got to have some more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's, we're, I mean, let's let's right do that. The, yeah, we've got the hub coming up and stuff like that. So oh, I can yeah. definitely talk about that. Like, heck yeah, with, dude. Um, next episode, but yeah, I'm let's do it. Happy to kind of you know, kind of wrap up that story as it is. Yeah. So we've laid it all out. Now we're going to find out on the next episode where exactly Gabriel Alexander is right now. Not like, not like, are you standing in the kitchen? But I mean, like, where, <laughs> where are you at in your career? How are things going? He's got a beautiful fiance. We'll have to find out about her and so much more. So cool. Thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, of course. It was. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and it's always fun having you come into town. But it's it's always you know a pleasure whenever our paths yeah. cross. I I agree. I agree one hundred percent. The Brandom Podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to the Brandom Podcast. You can always subscribe, follow, and please leave some comments. Also, share it on social media. Tag me in the post. Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Got something you just gotta share with me? Hit me up on my email, Brandon at Cat Radio. That's B-R-A-N-D-O-N at K-A-T radio.com. And as always, we're looking for sponsors. Love you.